Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 220th episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net, those sexy, sexy legends over at Audio Technica, and those equally sexy, sexy legends over at Manscaped, but more on those guys and gals later. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere, Brendan 8bit. And joining me today, my podcast ride I die, the Grogu to my Yoda. You can find her on Dem Socials at Miss Allie Hart. What is going on today, Miss Allie Hart? Oh, I don't want to be Grogu. <laughs> I didn't know where shit. to go with the intro this morning. <laughs> just my little uh, dissatisfaction with the character that everyone loves, but fine. I'll um I'll be Grogu for today. I do appreciate okay. this fashion sense of Grogu of wearing what essentially looks like a potato sack. Oh yeah, he makes it work. He makes it's it like work. It's like a very trendy little space hoodie that he's got going on there. <laughs> it's something Kanye West would design. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, space Yeezy hoodie like uh yeah, but anyway, anyway, we're here. We're back doing that normal THG rotation again after a pretty yes. bumper week or so with uh, next-gen, now current-gen coverage. Uh, if you haven't already listened to those episodes where we highlighted the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X in great detail, go back and give them a spin. Uh, might give you some guidance and thoughts on whether you need to get your hands on this console if you haven't already. But uh, yeah, we're back. We got a good smattering of news and opinions to go through today. Um, mm. But I believe you had something you wanted to lead the show off with before we forget. Yes, I've got a I've got a confession that I need to kind of get off my chest. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a very recent experience that it's regarding food. So I would like to get your opinion as well as maybe the audience opinion on what happened. So we get our groceries delivered usually. I run the show, I order, I receive everything usually good, but you know, Thanksgiving weekend, um, my husband was home and he, so he accepted the delivery. Now there was already a mix up, um, where they proceeded to ask us if a bag full of chicken broth was ours. And, um, it, it was a lot of chicken broth. Can I, can I, when you say a bag, do you mean like a, like a no. loose plastic bag? Of <laughs> no, it? no, it wasn't like a bag just full of loose liquid. No, it was like a bag just full of the boxed stuff. Like, oh, know. okay. I'm sitting there going, where do you buy this stuff from? <laughs> a bag of chicken. No, so already they said, is this yours? And I'm like, no, I no. That shouldn't be anyone's really, but I'm not here to judge. But, you know, in the kerfuffle, you know, we eventually get everything sorted. And I think I'm... I think I'm playing the computer, like like some computer game here. So I was obviously busy. I think I was playing Destiny, actually. Um, so then my husband proceeds to call out, "Hey, did you did you order an apple pie?" I'm like, no. He goes, "Uh oh." So then we've noticed that we have stolen. Well, we have possession of someone else's apple pie. Oh no! And it's Thanksgiving <clears throat> weekend. Delivery drivers long gone, long gone. While this, you know, so <laughs> we kind of stare at it. It looks amazing. It's a apple pie with a nice, um, like what appears to be like a brown sugar crumble on top. Oh, okay, I'm in. And so, 
my husband looks at and he goes, so do you want to eat it? And I'm like, I, I can't. This is this is stolen pie. This is this is stolen pie. And what's worse is actually there was a sticker on the side of the box that actually had the person's name on it. So now I know the person's name on which we have their possession of their apple pie. So I told my husband, I said, no, I'm going to give it 24 hours. <laughs> but we ate the apple pie. <laughs> So was I in the right for doing a 24-hour wait or would have you just dived into it? Um, Depends on how hungry I was, to be completely <laughs> honest. Like th- this this person whose name's on the side of that pie, they would have reached out to the, the grocery store and said, hey, I didn't get my apple pie, but I got a random bag <laughs> of broth. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> you know. So I'd say they would have got that apple pie delivered shortly after or would have picked one up or something so they they would have got their their penance i definitely would have eaten the apple pie don't don't get me wrong like um finders keepers in this regard like uh yeah i I would have eaten it it would have just depended if if i was hungry and craving apple pie that day i would have jumped in straight away but i would have waited at least a couple of hours just to see in case the grocery store would have Mm. called but i think with any food-related items, they can't come pick it up and then re-deliver. I think it's like it's scorched earth with it. Like once it's delivered, that's it. We can't come and take it back due to potential quarantine issues and OH&S stuff. I had a very similar story just happened this past weekend, funnily enough, as oh. well. I was craving a craving a burger and uh, at the time I didn't have a car still. Luckily, I've got a hire car now. Thanks, work. But last weekend, craving a burger. So my delivery options were extremely limited. I could get mainstream and go mcdonald's or hungry jacks or something but there's a a burger chain called get a burger which do sort of more like proper burgers instead of i guess that generic fast food copy paste mcdonald's style okay so i i placed my order from get a burger i'm not not the hugest fan of these guys they do their sides and stuff phenomenal their toasties phenomenal but their burgers meh. but i just really want a burger so i put my order in and um, just like what happened with this situation, the apple pie, I got someone's completely different order. Um, I didn't get my burger and my mozzarella sticks. I got like this loaded dirty fries Ooh. and then a side of onion rings. So I called up the store, called up Uber Eats and sort of said, yo, what's going on? Got my money back, had to replace the order. Got my order secondary after that. But while I was waiting for my order to come, because obviously they can't take them back, I'm just hoovering <laughs> these dirty fries and these onion rings. So by the time my burger got there, I was too full to eat the burger. I had like two bites of the burger. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. You know, but yeah, you, you got it. You can't, you know, waste not, want not, as they say. Hang on, I've got an issue. What was the place called that you got your burger from? Get a burger. And you said the worst thing that they do is a burger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, oh. I'm sure there's people that have had get a burger and they love it, but I'm a bit of a burger snob for anyone that's that's talked to me for more than five seconds or, or followed me <laughs> on the socials. It's true. And yeah, their burgers, they're okay. But their toast, like they do um, pulled pork or beef brisket toasted sandwiches. They are freaking next level, but their burgers are very much like, I can make these better. They should be called Get a Toasty. Like I have a big issue with companies where the main line food is in their title and they suck at it. Yeah. But it's, it's tough too with a lot of these companies because, you know, there's a lot of people that don't really go off the beaten track per se and find the things that aren't the mainstream like the little holes in the wall or whatever that do the good burgers they're like oh my god the 
the prime Angus burger from McDonald's is the best thing ever. Like those types of people, like nothing against them, but like <laughs> there's a lot better out there. So they, I think they probably think get a burger is the new hotness because it is a step up from a Hungry Jack's equivalent. But I'm just picky. It's not for me. But they're toasties and they're mozzarella sticks. I love mozzarella sticks. They are something special. I only had them for the first time last year. Really? Mm. I didn't so think good. that was. I'd like. First of all, I didn't think that they were a thing you could get in Australia, and then second of all, apparently it's just a staple of something that you eat here in America. So um, I had to eat one as quick as possible. So I think I had them at a place called um, Soda and Swine. So you knew it was going to be good. Nice. Um, and it was. It was really good with um, marinara with sauce. That, yeah, the marinara sauce is key. And that's one. That's another gripe with this Getter Burger place. I've got them on blast today. They don't do marinara sauce. They have like a million co- types of sauce condiments, but the closest you can get is like a tomato relish. I'm like, it's not the same thing. You need the marinara sauce. <laughs> with relish. The mozzarella sticks. I love relish too, but just doesn't work with mozzarella sticks. So no. anyway. <laughs> that's 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 my food based rant and and your I think you're you're right you you did probably better than 90% of the population and waited 24 hours everyone else would have probably been in 5 minutes later with a big big spoon or fork and just smashing that apple pie yeah no it, like trust me there was a lot of restraint because i could go like an app nice like apple pie especially now that it's getting colder but i held i held back but lordy lordy knows when that 24 hours clocked over he <laughs> <laughs> actually had a timer on to the second yeah just sitting there waiting for it to <laughs> clock over yeah sorry joe schmo you miss out um, Did you have like cream or ice cream on top? No, I like it. Like I know that, you know, some people like will add cream or a little bit of vanilla ice cream. Maybe if you're lucky, you have a fancy kind of like cinnamon ice cream. But um, mm. I like as is. I enjoy things as is. If something's good, it should be able to stand on its own feet. So I agree. No, that's that's very valid. <laughs> very valid. Speaking of uh, validation, uh, we've played a few different games this past week. Um, some that we've loosely touched on before. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to talk too heavily. Played a bit more Destiny 2 Beyond Light the past week or so. Yeah. I uh, got that light level up to, I think I'm at 12.08, so I'm still well underneath what's needed for like the the end game content and even the raid. I think the raid's 12.50 mm-hmm. and some of the um, the hunts that just came out, I think they're 12.20. So I've got a little yeah. ways to go, but I've been enjoying playing that on the uh, Xbox Series X. Uh, super quick super optimized and it's still not even the the series x patch like we're playing like a slightly more optimized uh 1s or 1x version of the game so mm-hmm. i think the patch comes out on the 10th of december i think if that date rings a bell mm-hmm. um but really been vibing that and the other game i've been playing is one that you uh spoke very highly of a couple of weeks back now is uh yakuza like a dragon uh, yeah. on the xbox series x uh sort of uh headed up by Sega and a couple of other uh, subsidiaries. And holy guacamole, is this game insane? Like, I know you sort of explained that in, in a pretty good way when, when we were talking about it a few weeks ago, but I guess until I got my hands on it, I didn't fully understand the level of insanity and zaniness and over-the-top just everything in this game. <laughs> holy hell. And probably, like, I was probably being a little bit mild because have you played any other Yakuza game? I've played one of the earlier ones, which was a little bit more, I guess, straight line. Yeah. So, okay. so it wasn't like they. This feels like they've just <laughs> fully embraced. Oh yeah. This insane, zany over the topness. It yeah. feels like it's probably very unlike the rest of the franchise. Yeah, like it's like there's a lot of key elements where it does match up, and like this, 
certain zaniness and quirkiness in the previous ones but yeah they went balls to the wall with um like a dragon and it's great so good yeah like um it, it hooked me within the first 30 minutes where you just you're chasing this <laughs> this dude through the streets of japan and um he's swearing at you and he called called me a cum stain i think and i'm like okay that's that's the tone of this game i've quickly grasped what i'm in for here and the swearing and the the name calling and then just the weird characters you meet like um i did this side mission yesterday where i bumped into this gentleman walking home who's just bought baby formula for that he just had a young young child and then we hear this baby crying in the building above us uh we we end up getting into this building after doing a few little fetch things we find out it's like this group of of yakuza who are dressed up as babies in diapers and they're on their backs you know crying and getting getting nurtured by this attractive mother-like figure and you end up fighting them and then you bro down then you're drinking like um, baby formula milk as a toast because you made friends and just stuff like that is just normal in this game like you're cleaning up these this prostitution house that you're living in and (laughs) you nearly throw these dirty like spunk tissues at people and constantly talking about you're laying on this ground and it's like it's moist and all this stuff like (laughs) it's just it's it's just sort of you get used to it very quickly yeah it's It's like the, the absurdity kind of like just starts to fade away you're just like this is standard for this game this is normal nothing could yeah nothing could weed you out so so the tone and the delivery of it is phenomenal like i've been smiling and laughing right from the jump the combat's cool i like that it's varied uh i've noticed there's a couple of rando little spikes in difficulty though like there'll be there was a part i was walking through last night to try and get to a quest and i just bumped into this like random group of of enemy characters which happens you know you walk in the streets Mm -hmm. you see little red icons you know you're about to rumble and these guys out of the blue were like five levels higher than all my crew and there was like five of them and i tried to fight them got steamrolled lost half my money and then it reloaded me just at that same instance and you're you reload into the game with like one health and all your characters and i was pinned in this corner where if i stepped out they'd see me straight away and i'd fight and i'd get smoked and so i had to like go back to a prior save to be able to get around it because i was like pinned into this little area where i was just getting cooked and losing half my money every time so that was a bit bit disheartening uh because i was on a good roll until then but from what i've seen as well there seems to be a few real weird unnecessary difficulty spikes where you need to probably go out and grind and just roam the streets and and get those levels up a little bit because it jumps really sharply yeah i could like i can see that i haven't had a, like a massive spike like in level difference not not f- you said five levels yeah yeah no. yeah like i was i think i was maybe 11 level 11 or something at the time and these guys were all like 15 ish and there was because there was five of them yeah that uh, would. against my my group of three it was just they just were cooking us they weren't the kind that could call on more people were they no, no, oh. that was just the five straight off the bat. Like, yeah, um, they're, they're annoying in their own right. I hate them. <laughs> but it's just so quirky, like, and just the the nods to other franchises. Like, yeah, I met this other rando dude during the week who's pretty much Professor Oak from Pokemon, and he gives you, like, this human Pokedex that where you've got to... Collect the weirdos. Ca- collect all the weirdos, all the sex pests and the perverts out there <laughs> into your little, like, smut Pokedex. Like... <laughs> Just things like that. Like, it is so, so ridiculous, but it's so great. Um, My biggest gripe with this game, though, is 
the amount of cutscenes and dialogue you have to go through like it's it feels very metal gear solid 4-esque in that way where you can put the controller down sometimes for 15 minutes at a time because you're just weaving through discussion and back and forth. And see, this and is what I was man. saying when I first played it. I said it dragged quite a lot. And yeah, I would put my controller down and then the screen would go black because I hadn't touched the controller in such a long time. Yeah, so that part kind of frustrates me like it did with you. I haven't had the, the um, console go into sleep mode yet, but... uh, Not full sleep mode, but like, you know, when the screen kind of... Gets yeah, that dark it fades layer. out a little bit. Yeah. So, so there is a lot of uh, density to the to that story, and a lot of unnecessary discussion, and it kind of gets jarring with that too, where you go from full uh, voice acted scenes to then it'll go, okay, maybe we ran out of money or ran out of time, and then it cuts to the little traditional RPG bar at the bottom where it's like written text. Yeah. And so it cycles through, but then it'll cut to other characters, and, and it's weird because it can be a really serious discussion but then it'll cut to to ichiban and he's like sup and then it just says the the words underneath yes. and it's like uh-huh. this person got raped and then like cool and you're like oh this is uh you know this isn't this isn't right like i know it's a weird tone but that's uh that's not cool man like <laughs> I so, get you. yeah yeah but um really digging it big change from what i've been playing with miles morales and assassin's creed and i picked up um picked up my copy of demon souls during the week haven't played it yet but i'm gonna probably give it a go this week oh, to see no. how i fare um with that so that's my next step but i think yakuza feels like it's gonna be a very long game oh it's yeah like i i've got to be honest i've taken a step back from it because i know just like i know that i'm nowhere near anywhere like i'm probably nowhere near this like far away from the start to be honest like these games go on for quite some time i think i even looked up to see how long this game took um but i can't i can't remember but it's was it like 50 hours or something oh maybe i think it was substantial like i'm i'm probably nearly at the end of chapter five i think okay and even that like i reckon i've put in maybe eight hours maybe more to get to just chapter five Mm. i think I mean, that sounds about right. But yeah. I think with a lot of the Yakuza games, because of the story and everything, it goes on for hours. And then side quests as well. like so. And then some of the story can be locked behind side quests. So Yeah. yeah, Crazy. Very dense game. Very quirky and unique as far as everything else <laughs> I've played this year. Uh, it certainly stands alone as far as the tone and some of the, some of the situations you and your ragtag group get into. But... It's really fun, and I like that it's got a little bit of heart behind all that smut yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, like Ichiban, he's he's a sweetheart, and you know he wants to do good by everybody, and you can see his loyalty to everything he does in, in his crew. <laughs> um, but my goodness, um, there is some nearly rolling on the floor laughing types of moments in this game, and <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. What about you? What else have you been playing this week? <sighs> so, like anyone that's followed me on social media has probably seen it quite regular posts that um i've been playing a lot of call of duty black ops cold war multiplayer like we dabbled in it about a weekend or so ago and um i just haven't stopped 
I haven't stopped. Um, I am absolutely reliving my youth of like just waking up first thing in the morning and just loading up Call of Duty and just getting into those multiplayer maps. And then this week, it's like double XP. Um, they've released Nuketown 24-7. So it's been a lot of fun, a lot of craziness, a lot of recklessness, but it's been great. Uh, I'm having a blast. It's been really, really good. It's it's super funny because I'll see anytime you come online, I know exactly what you're playing. I'm like, I, I put good money on it. She's not playing Destiny 2 on there. So I know she's straight into that Cold War lobby and I just grinded it up. So you've been session and getting back to your, your, uh, your youth, as you said. Yeah. Has, has your diet this week changed as well to reflect that? Are you eating like pizza pockets and Doritos and Mountain Dew? Oh, shit. I just realized I tried Mountain Dew for the first time this week. Oh, really? It's, it's a thing, isn't it? It's disgusting. It's like, it's like pure electricity. And it wasn't even like a staple Mountain Dew. It was like um, it was like a watermelon game of fuel. That's thing. the problem. Yeah, either way. you got to try the OG because the OG's all right, but anything above that, it's too much. <laughs> I don't think I have to try it. I don't think I want to have Mountain Dew ever again, to be honest with you. The color's very off-putting, though. Because it's like fluorescent yellowy green, mm. it looks like it's going to do damage, and it probably does do damage you know to your insides now, think about I it. but I can't judge. I'm a Coca-Cola fiend, so I literally drink brown liquid, so I've got nothing to say against fluorescent green but um mm. yeah full confession they were doing a combination of codes with doritos and mountain dew so therefore <laughs> we <laughs> long story short i now have a dorito attachment to my gun <laughs> that's phenomenal how do i get one of those codes i think they've got them over here in australia maybe yeah just check out your local doritos or mountain dew i'm sure the code's attached i'll have a look i'll have a look today anywho um when we played we actually talked about how there was this really shitty player right do you remember that shitty player that was running around the, the map of what he was the doing knife guy yeah so anyway i've become a knife guy <laughs> oh no no not completely not completely so nuketown is a very condensed map it's a very you mm-hmm. know close quarters it's chaotic um but I have found something that had really worked for me, which was, you know, having my primary, which is, oh, I'm going to have to remember the name. I think it's like a Craig, Craig, 16, I think it's called. It's, oh, the Craig, yeah, yeah. The, the M, like the assault rifle. Yeah. So, like, I've been holding that as my main, I like it, feels great, um, with my Dorito chip little thing dangling off it. And then I noticed that, like, I wasn't really using my secondary. So I thought, oh, let me give the knife a try. It is perfect for this where you can shoot long range and if you know someone's just around the corner like you can see the little red blip that they're there just pull out the knife and run at them and it's like a quick kill it's instantly so i've done it so much now that my ranking like in you know having a blade as my you know secondary weapon the leveling up scheme on that weapon is massive and the double xp this week does has made it look more impressive than what it really is but i think it's the way to go i think it's a really successful way to play because i can't do a small handgun as a secondary the shotgun's too laggy like i feel like the reaction time isn't that great so i think i'm gonna be a knife guy (laughs) (laughs) i i I respect that you're open and honest with it and you're like yep i'm a a knife guy now i'm a a knife guy now i used to play like that was 
a lot of my play style back in the day, uh, like in sort of going back to Modern Warfare 1 and 2, I was like a UMP 45 SMG and you didn't have like a knife as a secondary, but you could have perks that made your knifing ability better. Mm. So I was the same. I'd just always be running around if I was meter you away as far as a meter, I'm pressing that knife lunge and there's a chance I'm going to win nine out of 10 times. So, so maybe... Maybe I'll switch out the shotgun because truth be told, I don't think I ever really fire my secondary. Like, And that's what if I... If I'm getting a bit low, I'll pick up a normal gun off the ground and put that into the secondary like an assault rifle or a subby. Hmm. Yeah, no. So maybe maybe I'll be a knife guy too. Maybe I'll try a knife guy. You better go. This. Everyone out there playing, just just try it because it feels kind of good. Like um, you already can initiate a takedown sequence um, if you you know come up from behind on the enemy. But like just like running around with that blade in your hand. Oh, also I got a Dorito chip hanging off that one as well. Uh, <laughs> and I've already got so Doritos and everything. <laughs> I've already got so many camos unlocked for my knife as well. Um, so just running around with a knife in your hand and. Because I've been on the receiving end, I get it. But yeah, people really hate it when you kill them with a knife. Oh, it's dirty. You, you it's, feel like you get done dirty. I, uh, yeah. Especially if they get you from behind and the the, the throat slit animation gets you. You're mm-hmm. like, God damn it! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm I've now become the enemy that I hate. So oh well. Um, but yeah, Call of Duty people like I know that I've kind of not poo pooed, but I haven't really been enjoying or have enjoyed or participated in a lot of the previous um or i guess more recent um call of duty art titles that they've been released i did play the um what's the battle royale called warzone um and warzone's pretty good it feels it runs pretty well reminiscent of old PUBG times but just obviously graphically better or maybe handles a little bit better but um all the previous multiplayers and story campaigns I really haven't delved into or enjoyed. So it's nice to be back on the wagon and really, really enjoying it again. Um and I'm finally used to playing with a controller. So Hell yeah. It takes some time, but uh once once you're comfortable, it feels nice. Yeah. Well I've got now like a, a cover, a sleeve now on my Xbox controller. I've got the little um uh, additions onto the joysticks like the little thumb oh, things yep. because the thumb grips they make so oh much my, difference yes. when you can extend those sticks out oh my god like i didn't realize that people play differently it turns out that my thumb position on the joystick was quite like diagonal mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not like a full thumb down so um i've got these like elevated kind of like now my joysticks are like bubbled on top and it's perfect yeah it works amazingly yeah so. Well, now wait until you get yourself a elite controller and then you can have all your all your sort of face buttons underneath there so you don't have to ever move your fingers off the buttons. It's great. Oh, I don't know. I don't think I want to complicate it for this old lady. Yeah, it's a huge rewire. It reminds me of when I first started playing like WoW back in the day and having to remember that all these other buttons are mapped to certain things. So you have to sort of rewire how your brain works. And that's how it is with that elite controller being mindful to use every one of your four fingers mm-hmm. uh, for different buttons. No, but yeah, I'm you. keen to play some more COD, um, especially with that cross-platform. So if anyone else is down for some COD, be sure to hit us up because uh, it sounds like Miss Hart's on there 24-7. <laughs> yeah, and um, I will now. certainly be making more appearances. Mm. And um, just a little addition, throw away, uh, Xbox Game Pass has uh, Tetris Effect. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, everyone here has heard about my experience with um, Tetris 99, uh, the Battle Royale Tetris game. So it's been a while, but um, playing Tetris Effect, I completed the entire what they refer to as journey um, mm-hmm. in one sitting. 
Didn't die Holy once. Holy um, but Nicely it's, done. It's a lot of fun. It's beautiful too. I love the interactivity of, you know, how you play and rhythm and the music as well, as well as the graphics. It's it's pretty damn cool. It's a pretty cool experience where someone's just taken some game that's a, as basic as Tetris but still elevated it to, you know, make it just a unique experience both visually and musically as well. So um, I'm already going through it again now trying to get high scores. But um, mm. it's on, it was on Game Pass. So the, yeah. you know, the, the worry of investing in something didn't, you know, matter. And I jumped right into it. Loved it. So if you kind of like, you know, I could feel that this would be one of those games where, you you know, you don't want to you don't want to get into a game, but you just want to play something to maybe fill in a little bit of time. I feel like Tetris yeah. Effect could really be perfect for that. So, you know, Game Pass, like we always toot in the horn of, um, check it out. Do so, definitely, because, yeah, you've got nothing to lose. If no you're already worries. on Game Pass, just download this, this bad boy and add it to your collection. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to quickly touch on uh, some TV that I've been re-watching again with the lead up to season five coming out uh, around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And that is a little gem that some of you may or may not have heard of called The Expanse. Mm-hmm. So it's a science fiction uh, television sh- series. It's been around for a while. Uh, four seasons currently out in the ether. It started on sci-fi, if I remember right, and then it got scrapped and then um, Amazon Prime picked it up. So it got cancelled after three seasons and then Amazon Prime have picked it up and uh, have got the fourth season, which is out now. The fifth season comes out just before Christmas and they've confirmed a sixth and final season for the same time for next year. Mm -hmm. So it's cool that we're getting this this confirmation as far as this thing's going to get a a full play out and and have enough time to, I guess, close off all these loose threads. So the, the story in itself, it's... It's set in the future and uh, humanity has uh, moved out into space, obviously, and started to colonize the solar system. So the main powers that be, we've still got the United Nations Security Council, which is in, in essence is Earth. And then we've got people that have colonized Mars. And then there's sort of an in-between area where these people that are known as sort of the belters, they're sort of just the the random sort of, I guess, blue-collar people out there that are doing all the hard work and doing all the, the trading and, and um, colonizing and all the heavy lifting, mm-hmm. they're, they're sort of another area of that. And there's just sort of this constant conflict between the OPA, which is what the Belters fall under, which is the Outer Planets Alliance. And then there's obviously, yeah, the United Nations of Earth and Lunar, and then you've got the, the Martians on Mars there. So... A lot of jostling for power, a lot of sort of espionage, and then there's some science fictiony alien elements to it. Um, it's really great. Like the best way to sort of describe it without spoiling it or anything, it's got a real like Mass Effect vibe to it. If you want to describe it in that way, as far as like just just the the spacesuits that say the the Martian military wear, it's it's straight like N seven looking armor that Commander Shepard would wear. <laughs> You d- there isn't like alien races or anything like that that oh. you see in Mass Effect and all these other space games. It's all just humanoids, really. But it's just, you know, cool space travel, cool spaceships, space dogfights and stuff like that. Good drama, good characters, good acting. It's really cool. It's really cool. Like, uh, yeah, 46 episodes to date at the moment. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty meaty. Like all those episodes run, you know, 40 to 60 minutes uh, but yeah, in the past week, I've binged all four of those seasons again, um, just to to get ready for the fifth season that drops uh, next month, and it's just great. Like it's it's 
ad- adapted from uh, the Expanse book series, which was done by James Corey, I think if I remember his name right. Mm-hmm. Um, but really cool cast, really, really gritty, uh, really, really good science fiction. Like you don't see many good science fiction shows, especially when they're like, you know, set out in outer space and things these days on on current tv like we did have you know battlestar galactica and stuff like that and firefly and all these uh big uh legendary shows from yesteryear but nothing sort of done the last few years uh in my opinion um dark matter was a good one and um killjoys i really like as well but yeah it's just just great it's just great It's, it's good drama good gritty realism you know there is some tonal changes that get a bit lighter with some of the discussions but most of the time it is very dramatic okay. um, i'm all for it I'm, I'm all in i can't wait for this next season to come out at the end of this end of this year and then the final season next year so yeah if you're looking for something to binge because for some reason you've watched everything else just about maybe like <laughs> myself this is a great show to check out you've got four seasons to get through before the fifth drops and uh, it's on Amazon Prime. You, you can't you can't go wrong with some good sci-fi. That's true. And if you've said it's like Mass Effect, so yeah, real <laughs> Mass Effect vibes. Real <laughs> Mass Effect vibes. Like um, yeah, there, there's no Garrus or Morden Salas or anything. There's no cool alien races. It is just you know human conflict. But it's cool to see, and and it certainly gets the cogs turning as far as what the future will potentially have when we start, I guess, getting out there into space and, and how it's all going to play out. Like it's it's got a real cool human element to it and um yeah can't speak highly enough of that but let's move on to this you've got mail and this uh, little ditty comes via way of australia's john opeck and he writes in and asks would the potential of the dual sense sway you to pick up a third party game on ps5 over the xbox series x for example if cyberpunk or mass effect trilogy utilize the haptic feedback and adaptive triggers hmm. i thought it sort of weaved in nicely after that expanse discussion Full disclosure for me, probably not. Uh, as far as AAA multi-platform releases, the Xbox has always been just my my staple. And, and that's just because I prefer playing on there, prefer the controller, the feeling. I'm just used to that ecosystem. And also wonder how much of a jump this interaction would be because they need to make this game to, to suit both these platforms and even potentially previous gen, I doubt would get huge amounts of immersion like an Astro's Playroom, which was just designed wholly and solely for the PlayStation 5. Mm. Um, adaptive triggers and stuff, I think that stuff's cool, but it's not going to win a game sale for me. Like you still do feel a bit of resistance and, and tension and tautness in the Series X controller itself, not to the level of the dual sense, but ultimately I don't think it would because I like my single player experiences on my xbox and that's oh. just me with my rose colored glasses um it would have to be based on exactly how much it enhances the experience like a lot of people have mentioned um the adaptive triggers in regards to call of duty um and having that experience of resistance against the trigger i am like with call of duty since the main thing you do is just shoot all the damn time i feel like that would kind of bother me and although they do have the option where you can actually turn it off i if someone had said to me like which one would you play um call of duty on xbox or playstation i would have gone to xbox because i just i'm used to playing well once upon a time playing my first person shooters on that console so mm-hmm. the 
controller itself wouldn't have, um, you know, wooed me into playing it on PlayStation. But if there is something very, like, wonderfully unique, um, whether it is about the adaptive triggers, like, or maybe even, as I've mentioned, um, the immersion of having sound coming from the controller or, yeah, just the overall feel, then there is a good, like, if the experience is really like highly reviewed and highly regarded then yeah it could like if I feel like it's going to enhance and elevate that experience to a degree that like Xbox won't be able to live up to then yeah it would it would definitely you know make me go over to the playing it on PlayStation 5 so it you know it's it wouldn't just be strictly like oh it's a new game it's got the controller I'll play it on that it's purely based on what kind of enhancement it does to the experience of gameplay so it'll have to depend i think that's fair like uh, probably the the easiest way to to sort of wrap that up would be yeah like it'd be case by case for sure like if there is something that's game changing um and drastically game enhancing I'd, i'd certainly entertain it but if it is just some simple adjustments where it is yep like the comms coming through the speaker on the the control that's a cool addition but for say shooters and stuff, I'll be playing with headphones on anyway, so I won't hear the stuff coming through the controller. If there is some some cool functionality utilizing the the adaptive triggers and mixing in like the light bar, like we've talked about some of the things they're doing with the light bar already regarding health and things. Mm-hmm. I think stuff like that's really cool. But it's gotta be case by case. I think I think if they go fully down the route of that they've gone with like an Astro's playroom, hell yeah, I'd I'd definitely consider jumping back into mass effect if we're going to get these additional um, enhanced functionalities that are only exclusive to to sony then yeah okay I'll, I'll certainly give it a listen but if it's just going to be some simple jumps that you'll feel to a degree on xbox but slightly not as good i'd still stick with xbox just because that is my my ecosystem of choice ever so slightly yeah i don't think like having them you know add something into a playstation 5 game purely for the DualSense controller where it would seem almost gimmicky. Like, you know, oh, we threw it in there for this sake, but it really doesn't do anything to the experience overall. We just did it because, you know, it's possible. Yeah, I wouldn't appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Not just because it's there. It needs to add some value to the gameplay. So, uh, yeah, but it's still exciting. Like uh, all three of us, Jono included, have spoken very highly on the DualSense controller Mm. on our uh, PlayStation 5 deep dive. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what what future games do have in store when they're going to start utilizing that tech and and showing some more uh, interaction and immersion. So uh, we'll see. But a quick bit of housekeeping, obviously... Be sure to rate, review, subscribe us on the iTunes charts or the podcast player of your choice. Those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. Takes no time to get done and costs you no money, but uh, would mean an awful lot. So please do if you haven't already. Uh, Be sure to check out 8bit.net or shop8bit.net for our official web store. Get yourself a sweet shirt, uh, hat, hoodie, and all those other cool bits of 8-bit related swag. Also, head over to audiotechnica.com, audiotechnica.com.au to get yourself the best in audio-based equipment. You want to get into podcasting, you want to get into content creation, or just looking for some sweet um, you know, streetwear headphones, that is the place to go. And uh, the last little bit of housekeeping, uh, we've only got three more episodes of The Hungry Gamers scheduled for 2020, uh, not including this one. So next week, we're going to be following our standard uh, normal format. The following week is going to be our end of year extravaganza. 
And then the last episode for 2020 sees us celebrating Festivus for another year. Uh, we do have a doc out regarding Festivus where you can send in your gaming-related grievances. So just check out at We Are 8-Bit on the socials for that tweet that's doing the rounds. And we will have one coming out uh, this week as well regarding our end-of-year extravaganza. And we're going to be sort of asking questions regarding um, you know favorite games, favorite gaming moments, maybe some Christmas spin as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're g- giving away Audio-Technica wireless gaming headsets to random uh, best entries for both end of year and Festivus. So uh, get your entries in. Only going to take you a couple of minutes to do that. And you could walk away with the $350 gaming headset and some other swag. Nice. So uh, yeah, get in on that. But before we get into some news, Miss Hart, I thought we would uh, talk about our friends over at Manscaped. What do you reckon? Oh, let's do that. All right. So episode 220 of The Hungry Gamers is brought to you by our new partners over at Manscaped. And we're here to remind you to keep your D-pad clean and level up your game with the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Listen up, fellow gamers. If you want to maximize the look of your joystick, start taking notes as we activate a Mario star for your undercarriage. By now, you all know about the Perfect Package 3.0 kit, which is chock full of essentials to keep your BFG ready to unleash on the hordes of hell. It all starts with Manscaped's answer to the trusty chainsaw, the Lawnmower 3.0. Complete with advanced skin safe technology via way of its patented ceramic blade, you'll safely be slicing your way through your evil demon bush in no time. Oh my. And they aren't finished yet. It also comes with a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Some of these liquid tools for your family jewels includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant for your ballista. This is the total game changer. Seriously, gents, why aren't you already putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Next up is the Crop Reviver, a spray-on toner that not only refreshes your meat hook, but also gives you a nice little armor boost. The perfect package also comes with a nifty travel bag, disposable shaving mats, and a set of the comfiest anti-chafing boxes you have ever worn. This is the perfect package for your perfect package, package, package. (laughs) And you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code 8bit at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code A-T-E-B-I-T. Remember people, nobody, nobody, nobody likes a messy, dirty, stinky, hairy controller. Manscaped.com, use the code 8bit at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. This week's news headlines. You okay? Yeah. (laughs) Did we nearly break you? Almost. So for those that didn't understand those references in that last ad read, they are all weapons and references to Doom or Doom Eternal. So uh, BFGs, meat hooks. It's, uh, yeah, very on brand. Chainsaws. (laughs) Chainsaws. On to the news. Work. Anyway, on to the news. Okay, first our little quick hitter. Just wanted to reference the uh, the Golden Joystick Award winners, mm. which uh, has been around for 38 years. I did had no idea about that until I was Googling this earlier. Yeah. 38 years the Golden Joysticks have been around. Uh, they're sometimes known slash formerly known as the People's Gaming Awards. Mm. And these awards, the majority of the votes are... Uh, counted and uh, honoured in the in these awards are uh, done by by the people. So this is by players and general population. So it's a cool way to get a good temperature check on uh, what games and things like that uh, have been, I guess, award-worthy 
for for gamers out there. So the biggest winner uh, of of the night or of this past week with the Golden Joystick Awards uh, was Naughty Dog and The Last of Us Part Two, where they took out six awards. Uh, they won. Ultimate Game of the Year, PlayStation Game of the Year, Best Visual Design, Best Storytelling, Best Audio, and were named Best Studio. So uh, big win there uh, from The Last of Us Part Two and Naughty Dog. I think that's uh, justified. Uh, Love that game. Obviously, we did a deep dive spoiler cast episode. You can go back and check that out if you haven't already. Uh, but there was 20-odd awards altogether. I don't want to go through all of them but is there any you wanted to highlight um or, or give a shout out to miss Hart? um i'm happy to see four guys getting the, um some nods because four guys obviously when it comes to the game awards we're not too sure exactly how um how lucky they're going to be there so it's nice to see them actually get two awards here um for best multiplayer and best family game mm. um and then also seeing no man's sky get something the the laughing stock of uh well once up once upon a time in gaming yeah now um now winning awards for a best expansion yeah i still haven't played that expansion is that the one i'm thinking where it sort of goes a bit horror-esque is that the one um I th- no man's sky origins one, is that it, the one i think origins is just the overall like um i think like environmental uh creatures oh, okay. as well um i've actually seen some more beautiful beautiful um environments as well as really adorable creatures i really want to get back into it because i was in there just before the horror kind of element that you mentioned but yeah i believe they've added just a bunch of new beautiful um environments so i'd really like to get back into it so kudos to them yeah i'll i'll get back and give it a go eventually but i know i've been saying that for probably two years now so uh maybe another two years time once i'm done uh, once you're done playing diablo yep yep diablo and also yakuza and uh call of duty cold war as well i've I've clearly got uh high priorities on my list at the moment Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah it was cool to see four guys yeah get those two two games the best family game which we sort of talked about offline it was like a bit of a weird award to win because you'd think that'd be local split screen uh split screen or local co-op like uh, local couch co-op sort of style that's what i would have thought a family game would be considered as so like yeah. Mario Party was an example that I said. So, but maybe they just mean family friendly. Depends on who you're playing with, though. Then too, because oh, yeah. it can get pretty sweary and heated. So, uh, yeah, you know, if I was playing this with my sister, and she was knocking me off things or, or grabbing me just before the line, I'd be cussing a lot. So it mm. certainly wouldn't be best family game in that regard. Some other ones of note. Uh, Hades won the Critics' Choice Award, uh, which has been getting a lot of lot of love. It also picked up Best Indie Game. Uh, we've also seen the Most Wanted Game, so the, I guess the highly anticipated game, God of War Ragnarok, is the winner there. Um, and the Breakthrough Award was for Innersloth, which obviously uh, the studio behind Among Us, which oh. just keeps popping off. You know, everyone is still extremely excited and interested and in all about playing that game. I'm not one of them. I will go back and give another spin eventually, but it is so far down my priority list. It is even further underneath Diablo. Wow. <laughs> and No Man's Sky for me. So that gives you an idea of where I sit with this game. Mm. Um, it's interesting to see Death Stranding pick up PC Game of the Year too. So, yeah. Yeah, that is a bit weird. Very <laughs> weird. Very weird. <laughs> and I don't know if this is a typo, but Outstanding Contribution. 
the gaming industry. Like, what what the hell is that award? And how did the gaming industry win that? Like, maybe that's a group called the gaming industry. Maybe, or maybe they've just sort of done a big group hug to everybody for for galvanizing during this uh, rough COVID year. Oh, I just like saw um, Nintendo Game of the Year it was Animal Crossing New Horizons. I I'm very curious to see like Animal Crossing and its acknowledgements of like Game of the Year. Like, you know, yeah. being a contender. Would I say it's a game of the year as much as I love it? Also, Turkey Day was this week just passed. Absolutely adorable watching a turkey prepare food for Turkey Day. But it was all fish. Spoilers. Um, but Animal Crossing up against other titles for game of the year. It's an interesting it, contender. Yes, but like not a strong one, I would think. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll, I think it'll get some votes. That's for sure. More so because of the timing of when that game came out. Like mm. it came out when or COVID still peak in a lot of regions around the world, but it was when COVID was, I guess, still fairly new and on everybody's lips to a degree. Yeah. Probably bad wording, but you know what I mean? Like it was right at day one of isolation where everyone was home homebound and under house arrest. And this game came out at the perfect time where it was just this beautiful, cute escapism that everyone could sort of get lost in while the rest of the world burnt. So, yeah. And it did have such a like global impact that it actually entered the mainstream. Like a lot of like celebrities was like playing it, politicians yeah. were getting involved, you know. So I can understand it being on that level, but yeah, yeah, it'll it'll certainly win some awards. But yeah, I'm with you. Like from a gameplay perspective. It's not a game of the year game for me, but I'm I'm happy that it gets mentioned in that same yeah, breath. Exactly. Yeah. So the next little quick hitter, um, mouse and keyboard may be the traditional weapon of choice for PC gamers, but Valve has found game pads are increasingly common on Steam. So I wanted to just highlight this because I get railroaded all the time on here when I talk about playing PC and controller. You still but, will. Uh, yeah, in a post announcing the PlayStation 5 controller support for Steam this past Friday, Valve said gamepads are an increasingly common choice on the platform. In the past two years, the number of daily average users playing a Steam game with a controller has more than doubled, with millions enjoying the growing catalogue of controller-friendly titles every day, Valve said. Wait, I, hang on. Did it say recently people have been playing with a controller? Like they're, they're saying over the past two years, it's doubled. So just, there's a there's a huge uptick. I just want to say that majority of people play Fall Guys with a controller just because it makes sense. I'm just going to say oh, that. Oh, yeah. So there's there's a good chunk of input right there. Um, but <laughs> look, there's definitely a lot of games um, on the Steam platform that require a controller. Like there's just no mouse and keyboard, um, you know, like whether it's compatible or whether it just doesn't make sense to play on mouse and keyboard and it is the game has itself has been made for a controller but you know i do rag on you for being a controller player on pc titles but it's mostly for things like yeah like i, I know like i know full well if i persisted with keyboard and mouse on shooters i'd probably get marginally better than i do on controller do you play like, destiny like when you play on pc do you play with a controller yep <sighs> yep okay 
Like I just, I just feel more comfortable with the controller in my hands and the keyboard and mouse and having to know, oh, instead of jump being A, it's it's space or how do I, how do I emote? Oh, it's some random letter key like sort of stuff. Like <laughs> the important. I'm very, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So how do I stick my finger up at someone? Yeah, exactly. But I um, I get it. as you said, there's there's some platforms that are just better suited to it. Uh, or some like genres i should say like if you think of like a, a skateboarding game for example it would be night and day on a controller mm. as opposed to trying doing that on a keyboard and mouse so there is some game styles where you're going to probably get a better experience running a controller through your pc yeah and then others like a an mmo or a, or a shooter definitely you're going to get more accurate or better reaction time on keyboard and mouse as opposed to controller. Yeah, I mean, I'm a massive fan of city builders and it always like perplexes me when they say that they release those games on a console. I'm like, how do you play that with a freaking controller? So, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it can be done. Like uh, Jurassic uh, World Evolution is a obviously is like a Jurassic Park city builder and I was playing that on Xbox and um, yeah, it, it takes some getting used to but I think they've made it as intuitive as possible mm. as far as menu navigation and traversing a park or an area to, to build out on. So, yeah, but good to see. Yeah. Good to see the uprising of controllers <laughs> on, on PC is among us. I am uh, one of those flag-carrying members, that's for damn sure. Don't let assholes like me deter you. Do whatever <laughs> works for you and lets you enjoy the gaming experience. Exactly. And that's all that matters. Uh, this next uh, little news nugget's a bit of a strange one, if you ask me. Rockstar Games have announced that it will begin selling Red Dead Online as a standalone product starting next week. The publisher earlier this week, uh, this past week, sorry, announced that players would be able to buy the Red Dead Redemption 2 online mode separately from the core package on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC storefronts starting December 1st. Red Dead Online will be regularly priced at $20 USD, but Rockstar said it will be on sale for $5 USD from its launch on December 1 right through till February 15, 2021. Those who purchase the online game will also have the option to purchase and unlock the Red Dead Redemption 2 story mode later on, although Rockstar did not say how much that would cost. So, um, we've talked on and off about Red Dead Online uh, over the last several months, several years now. It's still pales in comparison compared to what you can do in gta online so i don't think going standalone especially at 20 usd you know 30 to potentially 40 depending on what kind of inflation and tax they want to throw on it here locally uh, that's a lot of money for an online mode that still doesn't give you the depth and the freedom that gta 5 online gives you but maybe this is also alluding to we might get that kind of depth where you'll then be able to buy businesses of various varieties and buy houses and have more customization and control. But what do you think about this? So you're right in the sense that for them to comparatively, you know, with an online game reflect against GTA, um, yeah, the GTA has way more, is bigger. It's obviously been around for a lot longer as well. Um, and Red Dead Online, like, I barely dabbled on Red Dead Online. I think I've probably spent probably 10 to 15 hours maybe tops on Red Dead Online. However, um, when it comes to GTA Online and GTA, I actually didn't do the story. I haven't even 
touched the story. I only ever played it online. So hitting me with how many times I bought GTA just to access online, if I was able to buy it for five bucks knowing that I didn't have to worry about the story, that is actually really enticing. I would buy it on all the consoles, <laughs> PC as well, just so, you know, if someone ever wants to jump online, regardless on, you know, what their console, whatever, whether they want to play on PC, I, it's, an, it's a quick buy. It's an easy buy because GTA, like, is still, like, it can be sold for, like, upwards to, like, 60 to $70, right? Yep, yep. So they've been able to hold on to that price point because the demand is there. So is is this just easy money or is this just them trying to entice people to, you know, come over at a quick price when it's $5? Yeah, like when you put it that way, that I wasn't even thinking of it like that. Like that makes sense where you drop $10 because I'm assuming you'd most people would own this game already on some platform, but you drop $10 that way... You, You've also got then online, yeah, PC ready. You've got it on your other console ready. So you could drop in and drop out if you do have friends that say, yeah, you want to come play some poker? You want to go do a couple of random quests or you know, do some hunting or whatever it is. Like, I don't even know what the the current meta and the like loop is in Red Dead Online anymore. Yeah. But I'm hoping, and we've ranted about it a few times, I'm hoping that they do bring it to the level of GTA online because that there's so much to do as you said like you haven't even touched the main line but all the stuff you can do outside of that and the world you can build and like the businesses and the houses and all the customization like chuck that into this i don't get why it's taken them so long to get to that level or even say we're going to try and get to that level i haven't said any of that it's still just a lot of radio songs no and like i don't know if it's just been how they rolled it out or whatever but maybe due to um everyone's lack of interest like it's not meeting up to the same level as gta online and like people will be honest with you they drop a lot of money for like shark cards which is the in-game like money that you can Mm -hmm. physically purchase um i think it's like what you can have ranges from like 10 to 20 to 50 dollars like in real life so that you can have a couple of million in game, so then you can buy the expensive condo, business, car, bot, boat, yacht, or whatever. So like yeah. people are dropping that money, so they have every reason to be, you know, working on GTA Online. I think they dropped a new mode recently, um, but then if the interest isn't there for Red Dead Online, people aren't spending money. They don't really have any reason to expand on the, you know, Red Dead Online front. Which is a shame because talking of shark cards, like if they brought that into GTR, I mean into Red Dead Online, like I'd 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 happily say if I can if I pay fifty bucks, but I can build myself up a saloon and have a cool business and build myself a big house out on some property overlooking whatever, and that's mine, and then I can furnish it how I like and kit it out how I like and spend countless hours in my like on my business and my house i'd do that like and i'd say there's millions of people out there that do that like as evidenced by the amount of money that gta online still generates by the second like Mm. it is insane the money that that game earns but there's just not a huge amount of depth to red dead online from my last experiences on it so i just want that next step and i'm hoping this is sort of 
alluding to that like they haven't said it but it feels like if they're going to make it standalone they're going to have to add more meat to the game right i don't think they have to the the whole thing especially (laughs) especially with online like the story is what you make it you can you know role play your own little character out in the prairie and you know be a hunter be a thief be an outlaw like just you know be your own character so if if you're a person that kind of seeks that kind of role-playing experience and now it's at an, affor- like at an affordable price so you can just quickly buy this game and have that experience, then they don't need to add anything else. They're just going to grab whoever they can for the, the cheaper price point maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'd love to know once that February 15th date comes and goes, what kind of uptake. Hopefully they release some numbers as far as uh, people that have bought it standalone between December 1 and Feb 15. So... I'll have to revisit that in February and see what uh, what the numbers are looking like if Rockstar shares that data. If they do. All right. And the last bit of news for this episode of THG, this past week, well, this past few weeks, I should say, saw the biggest console launches in gaming history. First bit of news comes from the Microsoft camp, which obviously came out on November the 10th, two days prior to the PlayStation 5. According to Xbox boss Phil Spencer, who revealed via Twitter that the next generation devices had sold more units combined and in more countries than any previous Microsoft console. Furthermore, Microsoft also revealed that 70% of Xbox Series X and S consoles were attached to either new or existing Xbox Game Pass memberships. Thank you for supporting the largest launch in history, he wrote. We're working with retail to resupply as quickly as possible. You continue to show us the connective power of play is more important than ever. There's no indication as to which model sold the most units. Microsoft stopped publicly sharing sales figures early in the Xbox One's life cycle and speaking to The Guardian, the Xbox boss said he still doesn't want his team's focus to be on console sales. The primary outcome of all the work that we do is how players is how many players we see and how often they play, he said. This is what drives Xbox. We publicly disclose player numbers. That's the thing I want us to be driven by, not how many individual pieces of plastic did we sell. It's plastic? (laughs) (coughs) Yeah. Downplaying the hardware there. Spencer also said Microsoft still won't release sales figures if the Xbox Series X slash S ends up outselling the PlayStation 5, pointing to the approach Google, Amazon, and Facebook take as they ramp up their games initiatives. I'm not going to go compete with their numbers based on how many um, Xbox Series X I've sold, he said. Google is never going to talk about how many uh, Chromecast Pros they've sold. They're going to talk about how many players they have. I think the people who want us to uh, want to put us against Sony, based on who sold the most consoles, lost the context uh, lost the context of what gaming is about today. There are three billion people who play games on the planet today, but maybe only two hundred million households that have a video game console. In a way, the console space is becoming a smaller and smaller percentage of the overall gaming pie. Now onto Sony. The PlayStation 5 has outsold its forebear in the first two weeks, making it not only the biggest PlayStation launch, but the biggest console launch of all time. The official PlayStation Twitter account confirmed the next-gen console had surpassed the initial sales of the PlayStation 4, although the company has yet to share official sales figures. Back in 2013, PlayStation's then-CEO Andrew House said the PlayStation 4 has sold 2.1 million units in just over two weeks, declaring it an impressive and record-setting accomplishment for our company and for our industry. 
This week's message from PlayStation indicates the industry has a new record holder. We want to thank gamers everywhere for making the PlayStation 5 launch our biggest console launch ever, the, play, uh, the platform holder wrote. Demand for PlayStation 5 is unprecedented, so we wanted to confirm that more PlayStation 5 industry uh, inventory will be coming to retailers before the end of the year. Please stay in touch with your local retailers. Sony expects its next-gen console to outperform its predecessor by the end of the current fiscal year. PlayStation 4 sold 7.6 million units during the comparable period. So, first and foremost, congratulations and well done to both Microsoft and Sony for uh, you know meeting and exceeding sales expectations and, I guess, dealing with the demand out there in the market as best they could. It's interesting. They've got similar messages, yet slightly different messages as far as that marketing spoof that's gone out and some of the some of the tweets and quotes from the various figureheads uh a couple of notes that i think is probably worthy 70 percent of all series x and s consoles on the microsoft side uh, either have new or existing xbox game xbox game pass memberships oh. so that is a lot of recurring revenue there and that's certainly the way they're focusing their platform and, and focus to market mm-hmm. um i thought it's cool and interesting some of the little throwaways that phil spencer mentioned how they're focusing more about their player base as opposed to in quotes individual pieces of plastic that they sold uh because yeah the the players are players are where uh it's important and when you combine that with game pass that's certainly their focus moving forward yeah uh but reading between the lines without the figures released it sounds like the PlayStation 5 has sold more units across the globe than the Xbox Series X or S. Uh, and they've sold more than 2.1 million units in this initial sort of two-week run. So that's a that's a huge flex. And they're tracking to sell more than 7.6 million units by the end of the fiscal year, which is even bigger flex. Miss Hart, what do you think about this? I just love also the way that we've structured this in the sense that we start with the very wholesome microsoft is like we're not focused on how many consoles we sell we you know we're interested of the players we want to know how many people are out there playing microsoft titles or you know are a part of the microsoft family essentially and then sony comes in with a big dick just saying we're breaking records (laughs) (laughs) that is very uh chalk and cheese isn't it between the two it really was like i mean the, you know the playstation's not giving exacts but when you're saying stuff like we're breaking records like and then there was like stories or mentions of sony playstation 5 being the major seller console in japan i believe mm-hmm. and you yeah know, japan and just totally like as a gaming space is you know this i could understand why playstation like a sony playstation would be the console of choice there but having that specific market would mean a lot um but as you've as constantly mentioned about like microsoft focusing on game pass and just having game pass as the major focus and continual revenue um we've always talked about the value of game pass and i am seeing more and more and more in my timeline especially now with people buying the new console just everyone saying if you've got the console you got the new console just get game pass it's worth it it's Mm -hmm. great value for money so i give props to microsoft for that but console wars is always going to happen everyone wants to say well so-and-so sold more therefore they are the superior console kind of bullshit so 
um you know it's nice to see that Microsoft being humble in their own sense and I guess Sony also being humble in a sense of not releasing exact numbers I guess but console wars are always going to exist because that's how gamers are how yeah, they do like um it's it's like there was another story we didn't put it in in this docket but it was with Phil Spencer how he talks how he hates tribalism mm. uh, that was doing the rounds this week and and what that in essence is is yeah where you've got your your Sony tribe you've got your Xbox tribe you know you you, you can't be both you know you, you need to plant your flag and and he was talking about how he hates that and it should just be about the gaming and the gamers and just enjoying the experience and and that's I think that's where we sit as well like yeah we did sort of open this episode up where I say I'd, I'd play my AAA multi-platforms on Xbox, but like that's not because, you know, screw you, Sony, I hate you. Like I, I bought a PlayStation 5 day one, as you did, loved, loved the console, loved the games I'm playing on there, but it just comes down to personal preference on, on some avenues. Like, but I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to castrate Sony and, you know, say they're the worst and I'm only Microsoft because it's just, damaging for the industry as a whole exactly just just be thankful for what's out there exactly right and i too am like you know i've got a playstation i've got an xbox as well but i'm always going to be a pc elitist um (laughs) kidding (laughs) um you know like i understand that console wars maybe stem from a juvenile sense in the sense that maybe people like because some of us lucky some of us have the ability to buy both consoles and some people are not so i can understand developing maybe it's about to say like maybe bitterness from people who only ever get to choose the one console so then they can maintain a loyalty to one console and stick to one console like it's like phone holders you know like some people oh yeah i only have apple or you know fuck apple i'm android you know so i don't know like you said as well like it's personal preference it's what you like it's what you know what works well for you but the stupid bitterness in between and being like, well, I'm not going to ever try the other or I'm never going to listen to what, you know, person B has to say about their console because I just don't want to listen. Then, yeah, you know. And that, and then you combine that with they don't want to listen, but they love being on the side, like on a side of conflict. They like controversy and like to be edgy and stuff. Mm. Like just... <laughs> Take the brands out of it. Just just think about gaming and, and enjoying whatever platform you have or don't have, and you know, be thankful that it's that we've got this in the first place. Like, oh yeah, you know, you can't have one without the other. So yeah, it's um like as as we led that that sort of article off there, awesome work by Microsoft and Sony. Like, um, I kn- I know some people missed out on consoles and have some axe to grind in that regard and, and I get that. Uh, but you can see by the by the amount of units they've allegedly moved, you know, we don't know the numbers, but from the the marketing fluff, it's the busiest time they've ever had on a console release and, and uh, units sold out is the largest they've ever had. So clearly they're doing all they can to to satisfy the need and, and get that appetite sorted out for for gamers out there and We'll probably see an update again of this in the new year. Like once the Christmas holiday period comes and goes, yeah. the, these numbers, they'll, they'll talk about in roundabout vague numbers. You know, we've sold more than this, but they won't give you a firm number. Like they could have sold one more than that, but it is still the biggest console launch ever and stuff like that. So 
they'll hide within the marketing speech, but it's just clear that everyone's uh, hungry and horny for, for current gen now. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens and, and excited to uh, play some games on these consoles, especially Cyberpunk next month. Give me some of that. If it comes out. But uh, if you're looking for other games to play this coming week, because sadly Cyberpunk is out the week after. New releases and events. There's a fair amount of games on this uh, on this docket and uh, a few of them are a little bit misleading because it's like your FIFAs and your Maddens where it's just the the enhanced versions. So mm. the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox Series X and S versions come out this coming week. Like even the, the Rainbow Six Siege enhanced version comes out this week as well. Worms Rumble, <laughs> which is a PlayStation and PC exclusive. So it's like a Worms um, Battle Royale, <laughs> which is interesting. Like... I'm still astonished that that franchise is still kicking around today. Like I remember playing Worms back on like Windows 95 yeah. when I was like eight years old or something, oh, you know? Glory. Yeah. <laughs> Great game. I don't know how to translate to a Battle Royale, but anyway, here we are. Probably the biggest one on this on this list outside of those next-gen um, sport conversion games. Uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising comes out uh, this week as well on December mm. 3rd on literally every platform in existence. I'm keen to give it a look. I haven't played any of it yet. Uh, we we sort of aren't reviewing it sort of prior to release at this stage, but it looks interesting. It's another one of these AAA titles that, uh, you know, it would have made more sense if it came out on November 10th or 12th, but is what it is. Maybe they just need a little bit more time in the oven, but could be another game to tide you over until Cyberpunk or until new year uh, rolls around so anything else on this list that you wanted to mention miss Hart? i would like to see because rainbow six siege has actually been um listed here for the playstation 5 and xbox series x as well um i'm mm-hmm. curious if they're getting any like major enhancements to the game because that's definitely one of those games that has done its time like it's you know hung around for a bit and they've done their things where um you know adding modes and um new characters all the time i believe they're only recently um, dropped a new character um, yeah to chonker or something that that video <laughs> that came along with that announcement was beautiful that was art um yeah. so i'd like to see how rainbow six siege does on the new platforms as well see how that goes me too and um i could be completely wrong but i'm 99 percent sure that rainbow six siege is included in xbox game pass as well Ooh. so another uh another free edition or you know ten dollar inclusion uh, for your monthly fee there. But uh, let's move into the last part of the pod. Tweet of the week. And this tweet comes via way of our own at we are 8-bit handle. And it was the question of the week, which we dropped last week. And it was, next gen is now current gen. Were you lucky enough to land a console last week? Tell us your stories as to why you were uh, why you went the way you did. So um, we did a poll and we, the, the four options were PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, should have put slash S there, so sorry about that. Both or neither. And coming in in last place of the vote with 12.9% was both. Uh, 16.1% of uh, respondees out there said they got a PlayStation 5. 29% picked up the Xbox Series X or S. And 41.9% of the vote didn't pick up either. So there's a lot of sad gamers out there, or maybe they're just waiting. Yeah, maybe because they're waiting. Waiting for the price reduction, waiting for some more games to come out. Maybe they're PC players. 
maybe they're PC elitists. Who the heck knows? Maybe they're still playing Animal Crossing, Turkey Day and all that, as you mentioned. That's eating true. fish. So, yeah. So, it's interesting. I was more so like, wasn't surprised, I guess, about the neither because I know the headaches and the nightmares oh, yeah. with trying to pre-order these bad boys. But I was surprised that Xbox uh, jumped over the top of PlayStation as far as pre-orders. So, Are you a Microsoft fanboy? Are you? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I am because I know the PlayStation, well, we saw in that article above, they, they've they sold the most units ever in history apparently. Yeah. So. It is actually, it's, I, it's pretty interesting to see. Like obviously this is our 8-bit um, social, so it's not everyone that maybe listens to this show but seeing as people that interact with us um and seeing maybe what their maybe what their console of choice is or maybe what they were able to get their hands on maybe yeah but um it's actually pretty interesting i'd be really curious because we do talk about i believe every console apart from you know platform apart from stadia i guess is the only one that's kind of out on what we what's that (laughs) remember that but it'd be very interesting to see like what a lot of our listeners what their console of choice is because we try to go through each option and you know what we play on so i'd be very curious to see what the majority or you know of our listeners actually console or platform of choices mm. yeah from from this this uh little poll at least we we've got a good smattering so we got know that idea. they play on yeah they play on most platforms uh yeah we still i'd say we've still got a good portion of these people that would have a gaming PC, but then maybe might have one console of choice. Uh, but then we've got some that have all. Mm. So, but it's good to see because uh, it's just about the games. It's about gaming, not about what you play it on. So, uh, yeah, this has been episode 220 of the Hungry Gamers podcast. Miss Hart, anything else you want to say before we close this studio down for another week just another reminder just to keep checking out the socials for our uh, festivus event and our game of the year extravaganza so just keep an eye on socials we would love to have everyone's interactivity with this year's pods so go look for those forms fill them out tell us what you want to tell us this is the time of the year to do so amen and if you want to take it to the next level and maybe send us in like a little audio recording Ooh. you could do that as well send us an email hello at 8bit.net just shoot us through a little mp3 if you want to respond to any of the festivus or end of year extravaganza questions uh, in audio form we will gladly take that and drop it into the podcast as well so you've got yeah the offline uh, google form option where we'll just read it out but if you want to add a little bit of customization and get your voice on the hungry gamers you can do that too drop us an email hello at 8bit.net but yeah this has been episode 220 of thg we'll be back with our last regular episode of the year next week but until then much love and stay hungry you've been listening to the hungry gamers one of many gaming and geek culture related podcasts from the 8-bit collective over on 8bit.net check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice and while you're there please be sure to rate and subscribe until next time boys and girls stay hungry i think i'm gonna go try and steal somebody's apple pie now after your story it's sad because it wasn't on a windowsill Damn it. You know it tastes better off windowsill as well. Oh, it always looks good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. If Looney Tunes taught us anything... (laughs) 